If you'd like to get out your pew Bible or if you have an app on your phone, we're going to be in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 this morning. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Let us hear where the Holy Spirit leads on this day. So we are in a series currently on courage. This is our third week, and we have been focusing on a book by Tom Berlin, who's a United Methodist minister, and we have classes who are participating in this. For those of you who maybe can't remember what we talked about last week, or maybe you weren't here, I want to quickly review the first week, we talked about how during courage, we need clarity and conviction. That if we don't know who we are and what we're about, how easily it is to d get distracted and not know where we're going. And just as easily, or importantly, we need to know what we're not about and who we are not. And that this clarity and conviction gives us courage we looked at the scripture where, G I call it Jesus's mic drop moment, where he came out of the desert and he announced who he was and what he was about. And he got mixed reviews from that announcement. Last week, we leaned into the word candor. Candor being honest, intentional conversations. Not just getting whatever I want off my chest or uh, blasting something on social media with no consequences but honest, intentional conversation that moves relationships forward. And we talked about Jesus when Simon invited him to dinner and the woman wept and washed his feet with her hair. And our scripture was from Micah, where we answered the question, what does the Lord require of us? Do you remember what that was? To do justice, love, kindness, and walk humbly with our God. So on Tuesday evening, we had uh, United by Christ hosted a program called Listening to Learn and with three wonderful speakers from our Latino community here in Tulsa. The first speaker was Andres Chapa, goes by Andy, who is vice president of business development for Arvest Bank. He shared his story how he was growing up in McAllen, Texas, and he was the only child of Latino origin in his school, and how he never quite fit in at school, but then as he learned English and it became his primary language, he also lost um, his ability to communicate well with his parents, and he, so he was never quite fit in anywhere. And he talked about the pain of those tensions with those of us who were gathered on Tuesday night. He shared with us honestly about the struggle that he faced and how hard that was to never have a place that felt fully his. 
And so when he was 12 years old, he asked his parents if he could move to Mexico and live with his grandparents, and they said yes. And so he moved there, and he completed his schooling there, and he has this amazing story about how God used this struggle to help him identify his calling. And so he told us he started out as a part-time teller at the bank and that when customers discovered that he was fluent in both English and Spanish, that when the lines would form, there'd be no one in the other lines and his line would be so long because people knew that he could help them. And so he started out as a part-time teller, and now he's vice president, and he is in charge of all of the Latino community businesses and development and just helping all of the folks in that area. And so he said this, the struggle I experienced growing up was really painful, but looking back on it, I can see how it built my character. Now... I don't know if you noticed, that sounds a lot like the scripture that we just read. This passion, the passage calls us to courage, but it calls us as we walk through struggle. And so today we wanted to talk about how we can hold on to hope, and that is also courage. So I wanted to unpack this scripture. It's a letter that Paul writes to Romans, the church in Romans. And for the first four chapters of this letter, he spends a lot of time talking about individual sin, what that means, how to overcome it. And then he really makes a turn here at the beginning of chapter five, and it moves to Christian community. And what do we gain in that? And it's, he focuses on this freedom that comes from alienation, um, from not uh, being supported uh, by other people, judgment, and uh, God's wrath is actually the language. Since this very first verse claims, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I joked with Pastor Charlotte that we could spend the whole time talking about what does it mean to be justified by faith, but we're going to assume that we know something about that and we're going to keep going on. Because what Paul says is that once you know God, there should be an inner peace in your life. And that peace gives us strength and assurance. And so he claims, as he writes to these Roman churchgoers, that when we have this peace, we have three things. And he, he builds his argument around looking back, standing here now, and looking forward. And so I wanted to talk about the first uh, phrase he uses is, we have obtained And he talks about what we gain from knowing Jesus, that this was a a real event and it happened and it's changed everything since then. That's the looking back piece. And then he talks about the here and now, the standing in grace. And if you don't remember, we throw the word grace around a lot in the church, but the definition of grace is this gift undeserved of love and forgiveness and that we stand in every single day. And then the last piece, we boast in our hope. That's the looking forward to the glory of God, that the process of being saved is not yet complete. In John Wesley language, he would say sanctification. We're in this constant process of growing and learning and grounding ourselves. And what does it mean to be a Christ follower 
And so then after this boasting in hope, we get to this strange section that has more about boasting in it. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't particularly like people who boast all the time, and especially not people who boast about their suffering, right? This litany of everything that's wrong with themselves and the world, and they're, they, they, they're soul suckers, I hate to use the word, but they exhaust you because everything that comes out of their mouths is boasting of their suffering, and it is exhausting. But Paul isn't asking the church in Rome to go around lamenting everything that's wrong with the world. Actually, it's the opposite. He's asking them to go around talking about even in the midst of their suffering, their hope, what they're looking forward to, what they have in the grace of God, what they're working towards. That is completely different Paul is reminding us that things don't always go well or the way we want them to and that we all stand in suffering. There isn't a person here that hasn't suffered through something. And in our suffering, we can build character. Like our speaker on Tuesday, Andy, it took him a long time to figure out how that suffering could lead to the joy he has now serving his community. And so we are invited by Paul to reconsider our suffering. And so the first phrase from the scripture is suffering produces endurance. I want you to say it with me. Suffering produces endurance. And the second thing he says is endurance produces character. Again, endurance produces character. And the third thing is character produces hope. And most importantly, in verse 5, we hear that that hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Poured into us. The Holy Spirit is with us through our suffering that produces our endurance, our endurance that builds character and our character that produces hope. And so when we look at a story from Jesus, which we've done every week, some of you may know the story of the four friends. It's a wonderfully hopeful story. If you don't know it, let me share it with you. Jesus has become more popular. He's been healing. People are starting to follow. There's a crowd everywhere he goes. He's in a, a, a dwelling of some kind, and the crowd is so great that these four friends carry their friend, hoping to get close enough to Jesus that he might be healed. And when they cannot enter, they cannot get close, they don't give up because that hope is built on that, if I can just get close enough. So what do they do? They crawl up on top of the building. They take off a section of the roof. Can you imagine if, some, if a section of the roof and somebody lowered somebody down? They clearly got Jesus' attention, right? And what's so amazing about this story is you may not know, but in that culture, to, to be afflicted with the inability to walk people would assume that you had done something terrible, that that was a manifestation of your sin and that you couldn't walk because you deserved it, that God was punishing you. 
And so when the man gets close, he actually, Jesus doesn't tell him to get up and walk. He says to him, your sins are forgiven. He changes his status in the community forever. Your sins are forgiven. But that's not what they wanted. They missed the point. They really wanted this man to be able to walk. And so Jesus does tell him to get up. He does heal him. But the greater gift, they almost miss the point on. And how many times do we get in our mind exactly what we want and what we hope for, and we're so focused on it that this beautiful gift from God that is given, we don't notice. Or we miss the point. Or we're being led in a direction that we never imagined, and we fail to acknowledge it. Adam Hamilton, preacher at Church of the Resurrection in Kansas, he teaches on this scripture. He talks about those four friends being the stretcher bearers. And he asks the question, who are the stretcher bearers in your life? And Tom Berlin, in his uh, chapter on courage around hope, he reminds us that friends are one of the best ways to keep hope alive. He says we should surround ourselves with wise people, people who've been living a Christian life long enough and intentionally enough that they're not just dipping their toe in the water of what it means to be a Christian, but that they are uh, in the deep end of the pool. And these are people who know from experience that in suffering, we can find hope. And he also says we should surround ourselves with peaceful people. These are the people who the peace of Christ, know the peace of Christ well enough that they lead with peace in their relationships. We might say today that they fill you up instead of sucking you dry. One of my favorite quotes from this chapter, Hope, and I, I hope that if you aren't doing this book with your Sunday school class or a group, that when the rest of us are done, that maybe you'd consider picking it up and reading it because it's worth it. But one of my favorite quotes is, hope renews the courage needed to continue to do what God calls us to do. When it is hard to find our hope, we have to stay connected to Jesus. We have to stay close. We have to remind ourselves of several things that we learn about ourselves. I've been in conversation with a young woman who's been struggling with her self-worth, texting back and forth, and she actually sent me this list as we talked about what, what value she has in the world, and she sent me a picture that had this on it. The first one is that we are enough, or I am enough. Say it, I am enough. We are made in the image of God, the Imago Dei, this beautiful gift that in our own messy, inadequate selves, we are still enough for God. And the second one is we are worthy. Say, I am worthy. God desperately wants to be in relationship with us. We see it all across the Bible over and over and over again. 
this, this reaching out, this hopeful relationship where God wants to know us and wants to be part of our lives and invites us to be with God. And the third one is we are loved. Say, I am loved. Oh, that's terrible. Say it like you mean it. I am loved. That should have an exclamation point at the end. I am loved. I am worthy. I am enough. God loves you if you don't know that. The people in this place love you. And if you don't know them, let them love you. If you're afraid to allow that to happen, move that barrier out of the way and allow yourself to be loved because you are enough. You are worthy. You are loved. I already, I, I said the very last one is we are strong. Say, I am strong. There you go. That was much better. Uh, I am strong. When life is hard, when suffering is great, I am not alone in that. I am surrounded by a community. I am gathered up by God. You know that cheesy old thing about how the footprints in the sand, that God walks next to you, and when there's only one footprint in, or one set of prints, it's when God carries us. I know that's super cheesy, and we've heard it a million times, but isn't it a beautiful image? That when life is so hard that we do not walk alone. These messages of hope make us courageous, knowing we are worthy and loved and strong and enough. That's where we get our courage from God. I invite you to consider the people you surround yourself with. Are they people of peace or are they people of drama? Do they encourage you with their words? Are they stretcher bearers? Could you call them and they would show up for you? Do they bring peace in your life? Are they wise and grounded emotionally and offer you hope when you need a reminder? Because we all get to the end of our rope and we need to be reminded that we are worthy and enough and loved and strong. And so lastly, I want to ask you, are you a stretcher bearer for other people? Does your attitude reflect this hope and resilience and suffering? Do you lean into Jesus when life is hard? Would you tear open the roof of a building to help a friend get what they need? Tom Berlin writes that the way we cultivate hope is through simple things we should read our Bible. We should surround ourselves with wise and peaceful people. We should practice silence and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us. I read a wonderful article this week about a, a kid whose life was so scheduled and he was naturally an introvert, but they signed him up for everything. And, and I know I did this to my introvert son. I tried to force him to be social and I signed him up for everything because I didn't want him alone at home all the time. But this little boy was so busy that he started hiding under his bed with the dog <laughs> because he needed some downtime. 
We all need room for the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives. We all need space to breathe deeply. And so the last thing he invites us to do, Tom Berlin, is to mark the occasions where we remember God stepping in and helping us. Whether you make a list in your prayer journal, whether you just sit around with people that you know and have those conversations, where we make this list. So on the days when we think that we are not enough and we can no longer do it, we can get out that list and we can be reminded of all the times. When I was reflecting on this this week, I thought about when I left faith to go start living water because church was my people, right? My whole life was full of church. My kids would say, why don't we go to the lake on the weekends or why don't we have season tickets to the ball games? And I'd say, because we're church people. That's who we are. And so when I had to leave and couldn't take any people with me, I never in my life felt more alone because I'd always been in church. But at the same time, I can't remember ever feeling so close to God. And there was something about removing all the things from my calendar and my life that made room for that. And so, as I close, I want to remind you what the scripture for today said. That we look backward at what we gain from Jesus. That we stand in the grace that is offered every day. And that we look forward into the glory of God that we cannot see, but yet we hope for. Amen. As we respond to God's good word on this day, I want to invite you to uh, our next song on time of prayer. As the altar is open, you are invited to come spend as much time as you need to at the altar. We also will be receiving our tithes and offerings. We have four stations around the room. If you would uh, put your gift and you want to if you want to contribute to the life and the work of this community and the way we follow Jesus Christ, you can also give online or with our app. And as always, you can mail a check to the church. We'll be happy to have that as well. As we come to God in prayer, we want to lift up these folks in our congregation. Libby Sparkman, for the loss of her father who crossed over to be with God on Thursday. For Pat Simmons and their family as we prepare for Ken's memorial service, which is this Saturday at two o'clock. If you want to come, they are requiring masks for everyone who attends. We wanna lift up for health and healing, Pam Hoagland, who's healing from a broken wrist, Brittany Blakely recovering from back surgery, Daryl Moore, recovering from hip replacement surgery. And of course, Sue Wiedemann, who I see is here with us, continued healing and wholeness for she and John. And then I want to add Christy Neuendorp, who's going to MD Anderson this week. And maybe we could find some answers and some hope. 
please pray with me. Gracious and holy God, we are humbled that you continually remind us of how much you want to be with us to journey through life's struggles and sufferings, to remind us we are not alone, to give us hope, which no matter how bad things can get, changes everything. We lift up those that we have named who need your care, who are people that need to be surrounded with stretcher bearers. We ask you to open our eyes to the need around us that we may live into who you call us to be. We pray for all of those that we have not named, those who are not ready to share the aches of their heart and their worry and even their doubt, hoping, Lord, that you can fill those places as you fill all of us with your spirit and your hope. We take a moment, God, to be still, to listen for your name, and to be open to your spirit. Guide and protect us, God, as we live as Christ followers, that wherever we are and who we may encounter, that we are light bearers. We raise our voices together in the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.